This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. It is indeed NBA Sound System, L-I-V-E Live. Carlin Gay alongside Scott Rafferty. It is Tuesday. It is 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific. Scott, how are you doing? Calm do- I'm doing better than the Lakers. Um, I think that's safe to say. How are you doing? I can't complain. Feeling good on a uh, Tuesday afternoon here on the East Coast. Of course, you can listen to us live and uh, I was going to say almost and say in living color, but live and in living audio <laughs> across the NBA Global Networks, NBA Sound System. If you miss any part of the show or would like to hear our old shows, uh, it's always good to fun and go back and listen to some of our takes that didn't work out. Uh, you can do uh, that. They all work out. They yeah, all work out. Most common. of them do. Most of them do. But you can do that. <laughs> Over at NBA Sound System, wherever you get your podcast. On this very show, uh, we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns because it seems like no one else is talking about them, Scott. Uh, we'll also discuss the Wizards and how well they've been playing. We are going to talk about the Lakers. Uh, you mentioned them off the top, but we have to start with the hottest team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. It seems like every single time we start this show, we have to mention that the Warriors are playing elite basketball right now and still don't have Clay Thompson in the lineup on a full-time basis, uh, still don't have James Wiseman in the lineup on a full-time basis. And uh, they're they're really um, setting the pace out west. Uh, the number one team in the Western Conference. Uh, they've only lost two games. Their most recent game uh, was a loss. In fact, a homecoming for Steph Curry. They lost to the Hornets in Charlotte uh, on Sunday. But this team, on most people's power rankings, is the number one team in the NBA. Um, they've just been fantastic. Steph Curry has been great. Draymond Green is playing at an elite level. Wiggins is playing well. Uh, you go down the list, and I don't think there's been a player that has played poorly so far to start the season. What do you make of the Golden State Warriors start now, 13 games into the season for them? I mean, how long do we have to uh, to, to break this down? Because <laughs> there's, there's a lot to like about the Warriors right now. Um, I mean, they've been playing elite basketball on both ends of the court. Um, going into their game against the Nets tonight, they rank third in offensive rating in the entire league and first in defense. So they're just getting it done both ends of the court. Offensively, obviously, we all know about Steph Curry at this point. He is probably the front runner for MVP right now. It's between him and Kevin Durant um, in most people's minds, I think it's safe to say. He's not even scoring quite as much as he did last season, and his efficiency has dropped off a tiny bit. But the rest of his numbers are up across the board, and he's still, you know, the greatest shooter we've ever seen. And anytime he's on the basketball court, the Warriors are just a different team offensively. And we're still kind of working with some small sample sizes here. But I, I think this kind of speaks to uh, Steph's impact so far this season. So um, according to NBA.com, with Curry on the court, the Warriors are scoring at a rate of 116.1 points per 100 possessions. When he's on the bench... They're scoring 97.2 points per 100 possessions. And that's basically the difference between them having the best offense in the league by a mile um, and being the worst offense in the league. So I think, you know, that really does speak to the kind of the impact that he has. We know about his gravity, his willingness to set screens, how much he moves. 
I mean, it, it's just incredible that at this age, this point of his career, he, he's still playing at this level. So it, it kind of all starts with him on offense. Like you said, Draymond Green's been fantastic. He might be the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year right now as well. Um, just a genius on the end of the court. And he feels like he's just really come into this season firing all cylinders, um, which they've really needed. And also, like you said, like this team already has depth. Like that was a problem with the Warriors last season. Um, they just didn't have other pieces around them or, or, or guys who could really do things, move the ball, shoot, make plays. Um, they have that this season and there's more coming along the way. You know, mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting how they work James Wiseman in. There's no denying his talent, but like the fit wasn't great last year. Um, he does bring something to this team that they don't have as like a lob threat um, and, and like a big rim protector. But how figuring out how he factors into this and also, you know, Clay Thompson's a huge question mark, what he's going to look like um, missing the last two seasons. I think we can all assume he's still going to be an elite outside shooter. Um, but how does the rest of his game look coming off this injury? So, look, this team has been fantastic. There's a lot of room for optimism still with, with those right. guys coming back and everything. Um, but it is worth noting, like, they've had a very easy schedule here, um, a very home heavy schedule against not the best teams in the league. Um, credit to them for taking care of business and, and doing all this stuff. But it, it seems like it's going to get a little bit more difficult from there on out. So it's going to see it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to that. Yeah, and that's where I think I'm going to begin here. It's great that they're playing, you know, incredible basketball. They're off to a great start, 11 and 2. They are the best team record-wise in the NBA as we speak right now. Uh, but as you said, it, it is a cupcake schedule so far. Um, they've had, according to uh, our friends at the PowerRankingGuru.com, they've had the easiest schedule to this point in the season um, by far. Uh, the next closest is the Phoenix Suns, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, they've had the easiest schedule so far. Uh, you mentioned that that long homestand. They've already had a seven-game homestand, which they ripped off seven straight wins. Um, and, it, you know, obviously it looked good in doing that. Um, and then the one time, and now they have a little bit of a, I, I don't even want to say it's a, it's, it's a tougher road, but uh, teams that are playing a lot better. The Hornets, they already saw on, at the beginning of this road trip that they're on on the East Coast. The Nets, as you mentioned, they'll be playing on Tuesday night if you're listening to us live. Uh, that is tonight for you. And then they have the Cavs and the Pistons. Those aren't juggernauts, but the Cavs have been playing good basketball. They're a scrappy team. Yes, they are. They may be without Evan Mobley for some time. That news came out uh, right before we started recording the show. Evan Mobley uh, might miss some time with some injury here. But uh, outside of that, they've been playing good basketball. Uh, and, and then they have the Raptors, Sixers, uh, Blazers after that. So um, I, I I don't know what to make of this Warriors team. Are they a better team than they were yes, last year? Of course. Um, do they look deeper than they were a year ago? Of course. Are they still, uh, you know, in the mix uh, of, of, you know, probably stealing the uh, or even I wouldn't call stealing, but taking the number one seed in the Western Conference? Absolutely. Are, should we be excited about what this team could be with Clay Thompson coming back and even James Wiseman healthy? Of course we should. But I don't know if I'm ready to call them the championship favorites out West yet. I, I think I need to see a little bit more um, against teams that are good. <laughs> and we just haven't seen that. Like beating up on the Thunder twice already is not going to get me excited. Uh, beating the Sacramento Kings, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves, teams like that, even even the Rockets, that, that's not going to excite me. The Pelicans were already on their schedule. Um, you know, the Hawks, they got the Hawks when the Hawks were on the downside. And, and it looks like they're kind of turning things around in Atlanta, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point uh, on this program. But they they don't have a signature win for me yet. I think that signature win, if I if I looked at what they've played in the first 13 games, was opening night against the Lakers. 
and we see and we're going to talk about how bad the Lakers have been all year long. So I don't know if that's you know something that you can really hang your hat on. So congratulations to them. They're taking care of business. That's all great. But I still need to see a little bit more before I go out and say that this team is, is destined for a finals berth. I mean, they handled the Bulls. I, I think that was a pretty impressive win as well. And Steph went nuts in that game. He's got 40. Um, I, I thought that was a very good win for them. But I mean, to your point, you know, they've had an easy schedule. It's going to get more difficult. Um, I, I honestly don't think like you can say any team is like a title contender at this point of the season because there's just like we haven't seen the Bucks anywhere close to full strength. The Nets, we have no idea if Kyrie Irving is going to join them this season. The Lakers, we're going to talk about them. Um, the Suns, like Aiton's been out of the lineup. The Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray. Like, there's just so many question marks up and down the league. It's way too early to be saying, you know, this team is the, the, the favorite right now. Um, but again, credit to them for the way that they've come out. I, I do think, not that we have to talk about this right now, because we're going to have months ahead of the trade deadline. But one of the interesting things about the Warriors is, like, they do have the assets to make another move, right? Like, sure. if, if this team... Uh, is still number one in the West. But, but what, wait a second. They have the assets, but do they do they want to make a move? Like, because you're not going to really find out how good this team is by the trade deadline. Like, because because Clay Thompson, even if he comes I mean, back could. into, the, but even if Clay Thompson comes back into the lineup, chances are he's going to have to take some time to get to full speed. Like, it's not he's not just going to jump onto the court and be Clay from what he was uh, when he left. He hasn't played basketball in two years, so you have to allow uh, time for him to 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 really just acclimate to the team and and for the team. There's a lot of players that haven't played with him. Andrew Wiggins has been there for this is his third season. Golden State never played a game with Clay Thompson. Like that's going to take time for him to adjust there. So would you make a move, you know, or, or or stand pat and see what you have here? I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. Like that that's stuff that they'll figure out over the next couple of months. We'll see what Clay looks back uh, looks like when he comes back. We'll see how James Wiseman kind of fits in, all of that, and then maybe you make a decision. Um I, I just think, you know, they've gotten off as good of a start as anyone could have expected. They're in a good position. Steph looks incredible. Draymond looks incredible. They feel like they have the right makeup. Um, I, I think trending the way that they are right now, they're absolutely going to be in that conversation as kind of the favorite. Um, and then they're just a wild card with, you know, having those assets, whether or not they need to, whether or not they do, whether or not they don't. Um, they do have the assets to kind of shake things up if they really want to. So I, I, all in all, like, I, I just think they're in a great position. Yeah, they, they're, they're in a good position. I, I just don't know if I'm ready to say that they're uh, a championship contender just yet. Let me see them against some uh, upper echelon competition by the way um jonathan kaminga has been playing a little mm. bit more um you know he he can defend man he yeah. the dude can defend his offense is going to take some time to get there he's, he's not a great shooter so uh you know, can cancel that part of his game but um you know he, he's another guy that they could you know come off the bench with that's just annoying to play against and that's the reason why they're winning a lot of these games they're clearly by far and away the best defensive team in the league right now um and you add kaminga to that mix they're just they're just a scrappy bunch so um want to see more from jonathan kaminga but from what i've seen the little i've seen from him he, he can really defend and that's gonna be important too when we talk about clay right because clay before his injury was one of the better perimeter defenders in the league a guy who mm -hmm. was a borderline all nba caliber defender um we will see how these injuries impact him on that end of the court but you know andrew wiggins has kind of stepped up defensively for him maybe he takes on some of the tougher assignments and takes kind of that load off of thompson um to your point kaminga uh, gary payton as well he's been an absolute uh, revelation for them um just a pest defensively and it's fun that they're, they're using kind of like in that bruce brown role that the nets did last season um that's the way they're using him kind of setting screens and rolling like they're, they're just they have a bunch of really smart 
tough guys who know how to play basketball. Um, and, it, and it just kind of feels like they're back to playing like Warriors basketball. By the way, can we get a James Wiseman update? Like, what's happening? I know he's yeah. I know his knee knee injury there, and you know that you know he's been cleared to part practice full time with the uh, with the team. Um, that was at the beginning of the month. We haven't made a you know clear cut answer, or haven't heard a clear cut answer on whether or not he's going to play anytime soon. I I want to see him on the court. I want to see he could bring to the table. You talk about defense and. Uh, could give you another lob threat that uh, I think that they they would need offensively when when teams mm-hmm. clamp down on them uh, in in the in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, that's enough uh, Warriors talk for now. I'm still I'm in wait and see mode. Where do you sit on them? Do you think this is, this team, knowing what you know now, is a is a title contender? Are you ready to say I mean, that yet? I mean, yeah, uh, I do. I think Steph and Draymond, as long as they're healthy, firing all cylinders on both ends of the court, like like few duos play off of each other as well as they do. Like they're just sure. in sync all the time. I think they have the right assets around them. Whether or not they're going to be the favorites, I think really does depend on what can they get out of Wiseman. Um, I, I don't even know if like he's going to start for them. But even if I, I mentioned those numbers at the top about like how much worse they are offensively with Steph Curry on the bench, um, it, if they can kind of get something to go going with that second unit, whether it is you know Jordan Poole, Kaminga, um, and Wiseman, maybe there's some some clay minutes um, when Steph goes to the bench, things like that. If they can kind of fill in those gaps. Um, I, I'm pretty high on this team. I mean, I, I, it's just hard to bet against them. And there's still so so much uncertainty, particularly in the West. Um, but when you have Steph playing the way that he is, Draymond bring, being the defender that he is, and this team having depth, like that, I, I do think they kind of have a winning formula here. Yeah. Um, like I said, not ready for that yet, but I'm getting close. I need to see Clay. Uh, all right, Lakers. This is a team that came in with championship expectations. So far, they have not met them. Um, and now it's it seems like to me anyway, Scott. You you tell me how you feel about this, but it seems like everything I hear now out of L.A. and that team, uh, even from the players, it feels like they're they're kind of falling apart. Um, LeBron James hasn't played a game since November second. Uh, he has been out. Um, you know, this is uh, what is it? Game six for him out in a row. Um, maybe maybe even. Yeah, six out for Something for LeBron, like um, and they have won. They have gone three and four. So he's missed seven games. They've gone three and four without him. Uh, they got embarrassed against the Bulls, lost by eighteen. Uh, Anthony Davis was not happy after the game, saying that this is not a championship team. Um, he had similar you know thoughts after their loss against Minnesota. Uh, really sounding off. That's the first time I've really heard AD. Um, kind of speak about any team that he was on in that manner. Like even when he was in New Orleans and he was a bona fide leader, you never really heard him speak out, uh, you know, about his team that way. And now in LA, uh, where it is kind of you know championship expectations, him being there with LeBron and Russell Westbrook, the way that he's speaking out in the media, he's obviously clearly trying to send a message to the team. My question for you, Scott, is is the team going to be able to respond? Like, and even if they respond, do they have enough to get to the level that AD, uh, LeBron, Russ, and the rest of the Laker Nation expects them to be at? Look, there's some some real warning signs, I feel like, with the way they've started the season. Like, we've already gone through the ups and downs of the Westbrook experience with him, you know, having bad turnovers in close games and, and defensive miscues um, that lead to wide-open shots um, when they when they don't need that. We've also had like the triple doubles and him kind of looking like the leader that they need when LeBron's out, carrying them to victories. 
Um, AD has been, you know, he's, he's dealt with some, some small injuries already. He's been a little up and down and, you know, like they just kind of look old, right? Um, also defensively, they rank 15th in defensive efficiency right now. And that's been their calling card um, the last few seasons. Like this team has been elite defensively. They were even elite defensively last year um, with LeBron and AD missing a bunch of time. Some of this stuff was to be expected. Um, so I'm not all that surprised on that front. But it's, it is hard for me to know what to make of this team when they're just not at full strength. Like we haven't seen Trevor Reza yet, who, you know, his best years are behind him, but he's going to play an important role in this team. Taylor Holton Tucker just came back. Um, and he's a very important piece for them. It kind of seems like they chose him over Alex Caruso. And we've seen what Alex Caruso is doing to the Bulls, how much of an impact he's made defensively for them. You know, THT is another guy who can give him a punch offensively, but also kind of take on some of the tough defensive matchups on the perimeter that they need. So he he's a really important piece. And, and you know, of course, they have LeBron too, who uh, I think we ranked as the third best player um, in the NBA going into the season, which is incredible considering his mileage, how old he is. Um, he is still one of the best players in the NBA. He's the best player on this team. This team is built around him. So until he comes back and we see what he looks like, hopefully he kind of puts the, this injury that he's dealing with right now behind him. Not to say that it's going to be the smoothest fit because we knew that. As soon as they traded for us Westbrook, um, everyone wrote about, you know, Russ is not a good three-point shooter. He doesn't move off ball. He doesn't set screens. Like all these things that you need from a, a third or fourth player next to AD and LeBron. Um, but, you know, LeBron is still just a genius. And if anyone can figure out, it's him. And that that's kind of where I'm at right now is that, yes, it hasn't been good. There have been some real warning signs. But until we see LeBron back and this team kind of come to full strength, we really just have no idea what they're going to be able to do. I'm on the opposite end of that. Um, I'm not waiting and seeing with this. This is it's it's over. This is not a championship team. Um, I don't need to see any more. I don't need to wait till LeBron comes back to, to know that. Uh, this is just not a championship team as currently constructed. They have to make a move if they plan on making uh, a run this season. They can have all the healthy bodies that they want. AD cannot miss a game for the rest of the season. LeBron cannot miss a game for the regular for the rest of the season. Uh, Westbrook could be healthy. You could talk about the THT and all that. But my my whole thing is if you're waiting on Taylor Horton Tucker to be the savior for your championship hopes then this is not a championship roster. I'm sorry. Like, it, it's a nice story that Melo's playing great. Great, you know, that they chose uh, THT over, you know, the the bunch of players that they ended up trading to Washington for Westbrook. I understand all that, but this is just not a championship roster. Um, there are far, and it's not that it's not that it's not that it's not a good roster. It's just that there's far better teams in the Western Conference uh, that they're they're not just going to be able to beat in, this, in four times in seven games. They're just not going to do it. The Warriors at full strength are a better team. The Suns at full strength are a better team, um, and we saw some of that last year. I know that you know uh, Caruso had said that uh, if AD was healthy, they'd beat the Suns. I'm not totally convinced of that. Um, this is a, 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 and especially this year, um, you know, a more mature Suns team. I think we all know what they can do. Um, I think they understand the level that they have to play out consistently in the playoffs to get things done. They're going to be a tough out come the, you know, come playoff time. And this Laker team, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to lose some games and LeBron James out, uh, when you're losing to teams, 
you know, like the Spurs or, you know, not even, sorry, not the Spurs. You're, you're beating teams like the Spurs, uh, but you're losing to teams like the Bulls. It's, that's one thing. The Bulls are a great basketball team. They're playing at a high level right now. So you're missing your best player uh, and, and you're incorporating a, a guy in your rotation that, you know, should play big minutes back into the lineup after injury. You're still trying to figure out what you have and, you know, a star <laughs> that you traded for. And he he's still trying to figure out his way in Los Angeles. I get that. But you have enough talent on paper to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves of the world. You shouldn't be getting blown out in games like that. Um, you have enough talent on paper to beat the Portland Trailblazers right now. You shouldn't be getting blown out in games like that. They've been blown out in some of these games um, against teams that really have no business blowing them out, Scott. Like the big comeback, uh, you know, in in, uh, in OKC, that should not happen. Like they, they shouldn't be in these close games with these teams. They've lost to OKC twice this year. Where are these other wins going to come from? Like when you have easy on, on, you know, the Warriors are taking care of business and, you know, they're banking those wins. But when you have easy opponents in front of you, no one's going to celebrate when you beat them. But it's going to come back to haunt you when you lose against these teams. You know, the Thunder, when you look at them on paper, you should chalk that up as a victory. And they already have two losses against these teams, and now they're going to have to upset another team down the road to make up for that. This is not a championship team, in my opinion. Are they going to make the playoffs? Of course. I think they're going to get, you know, they're going to get hot at some point in January, and we're going to be sitting here talking about uh, can the Lakers do it? And I'm going to remind you of this conversation, Scott, uh, at the middle of November, where I told you that this team is not a championship team when they get it going because I know for a fact, come May, if they make the second round, come May, they'll be going home because they're just not good enough. They're not the best team in the Western Conference. And, and to, to sit there and say today that healthy, I believe that this team can win four times in four straight series to get to the, to the finals and win a championship, I, I just don't believe it in my heart. Like I, Everything I see from them is telling me, screaming at me that this is not it. I mean that's fair. Again, there's been there's been warning signs. I think one of the things that worried me going into the season, um, especially with the the Westbrook fit in particular, is that as good as LeBron is, like he's what in his his mid to late thirties now, he's pushing, he's getting close to the all time leader in minutes. Um, and this is not exactly like an easy roster to to figure out and navigate, and it just puts a lot on his plate. Um, ideally, you'd be kind of taking some off his plate at this point of his career, but it's just like it's not going to be easy. And him simply returning is not going to kind of fix all the things that have have kind of given them trouble so far. I just think, look, at the end of the day, if LeBron is healthy and Anthony Davis is healthy, those two are arguably the best duo in the league still today. Um, they can cover up a lot of problems. I'm not saying that this team is still the favorite, um, should come out of the West right now. I just, it, I mean, it's LeBron. Like I, I, I've, at this point of his career, like I, I've, I've stopped doubting him. And uh, obviously we have to acknowledge where he is at in his career. Um, the fact that he has basically was never really dealing with injuries until he came to the Lakers. And now he's had, what, two bad injuries. And then he's had the stuff to start this season. Like that is worrying because if he's, dealing with something for the rest of the season or goes down and misses another 10, 15, 20 games. Like we've seen what that kind of looks like through this stretch. Um, but I just keep going back to if he's healthy, if he's if, if AD is healthy, I, I just don't think this is a team that people are going to want to play. That's fine. 
I, uh, I, I vehemently disagree. I think people are going to be inviting the Lakers uh, over uh, in the playoffs. It's just not a championship. It, it just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, the makeup and the way that they're talking about each other, I, I just can't see it. All right, let's talk I mean, about the that- team. There was also that thing with uh, what AD and Dwight Howard at the start of the season too, where they kind of got into it on the sideline, and I think they both yeah. brushed it off and said it was nothing. But it's stuff like that. Like that's it feels very early for that kind of stuff to be happening. Yeah, I'm not. It, this is not a to. I think I think people forget like how much chemistry you have to have to win a championship. Like you don't just put guys together and you know that that really don't get along and have a ton of success. Like it's very not every uh you know uh, finals or every every team ends up being what like the last dance was you know and, and even then even all the issues that that team had and that franchise had in that final year they still understood and 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 still figured it out and got on the same page and i don't think it was a uh, a chemistry issue with them i think it was just most people figuring out uh what's best for them individually and this Laker team feels different. Like it feels like you mentioned Dwight Howard. If Dwight Howard had not won that championship before, maybe he's a little bit more focused. But winning that ring, he's a different story now. Um, Anthony Davis, for he needs to stay healthy. Like he's so important to this roster. And I know it's frustrating every time he gets uh, nicked up and injured and, and everything else. And that's something he can't control. But I think we're starting to see the cracks. And, and like you said, this early in the season, for, for them to be able to get through the marathon of a regular season, then through the playoffs, and they're already doing this, uh, and pressure's not even that high right now, forget about it. I, I just don't see them as a championship team. Uh, let's talk about the Wizards. They are not a championship team, but they may have very well uh, won the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, you know, They gave up Westbrook, and they got a ton back. Montrez Harrell is playing great basketball. Kyle Kuzma is fine. Um, he, he's knocking down the three, but he, he's he's you know doing it at a uh, a decent clip for the Wizards. Uh, KCP is hitting some clutch three pointers every time I, t- I I see the Wizards in a close game. This KCP knocking down a corner three to get them over the top, and uh, they seem like those three guys have taken a lot off the plate of Bradley Beal to have to control the game from start to finish, which wasn't the case a year ago. So here we are. The Wizards are playing good basketball. Um, they're playing more of a team-friendly basketball. They have four players that average uh, double digits in scoring. If you want to round up, you can add KCP in there. He's, he's 9.7 per game. Um, yeah, most of them, except for Kuzma, are doing it efficiently. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is you know, getting the job done and taking a lot off Brad Beal's plate. And here we go. They even, they're even winning games without Bradley Beal in the lineup. The last... Uh, the last game, Bradley Beal did not uh, did not play, and they were able to get that W. So they've they've reeled off now five straight at the time of uh, speaking here, Scott. Uh, they they go on the road for a little two game mini trip within the division. You know, I love division stuff. They actually so this is their next four games. They're at the Pel- sorry at the Hornets, at the Heat, and then they host both those teams. They host the Heat, host the Hornets. Those two games. You know, I love these divisions. Uh, winning in the division is important, especially when you're trying to accumulate victories enough for you to get in the top four seeds. So it, it comes twofold. You keep the Hornets at bay. You keep the Heat at bay if you're able to sweep that. And you you jump ahead uh, and make sure that you're in the top four for the playoffs. The Wizards, they're an interesting team. Did they win the Westbrook trade right now, in your opinion? 
I mean, it, it's look, they have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Like, um, I mean, it's sure looking like that because they're playing great basketball. Like you said, Bradley Beal isn't even playing that well. Like he's last season, he averaged thirty one point three points per game. He's down to twenty three point three this season, shooting just over forty percent from the field, under thirty percent from three. Like we know he's going to find it eventually. But the fact that they've been able to do what they've been doing despite their best player. Um, a guy who is a multi-time all-star, an all-NBA caliber player, not even playing his best basketball, like you have to be encouraged by that. Um, and it, it does really feel like everyone who was involved in that trade has had moments for them. Um, you know, Kyle Kuzma hit two huge threes in their win over the Cavs um, a week ago. KCP, you said he's hit some big shots. We know what he can do defensively. Montrez Harrell might be the front runner for sixth man of the year right now. Um, he's been that good. And I think one, I saw this on Twitter. I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher your name, but I think it's it's Tom Bassin. Um, he, he shared kind of a graph from PBB Stats um, comparing the net rating of each team's starters compared to their bench. And the, according to this, Washington starters are kind of playing at the same level as their opponents. They, they have a plus 1.5 net rating, um, but their bench has a net rating of 11.8, which is the third best in the league as of the time that was put together, trailing only the Clippers and the Warriors. That, and, and the thing is, it really just speaks to me to like, this team has, what, eight to 10 players who are good. Like every time they put someone on the court, like they're a good basketball player who knows what they're doing. And that really does right. go a long way. Um, right. So this team is deep. We know what their, their top talent looks like. Spencer Dinwiddie, um, he's had some moments, which is good to see after the injury that he had last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, right now, <laughs> based on that and the fact that they have the best record in the Eastern Conference, I don't really know how you can say that they're not the winners of that Russell Westbrook trade, but it's early. Yeah, it's early. No, um, it's it's early, but they they absolutely won that trade, uh, and there's no question in my mind that they won that trade. Here's here's the one number th- for me that stands out the most. Last year, this Wizards team was uh, a 20th ranked defense in terms of defensive efficiency all season mm-hmm. long. This year, they're a top five defense, only giving up 102.7 points per 100 possessions. That is just percentage points off of second place with the Clippers. And we know, obviously, the Clippers aren't playing with Kawhi Leonard, but that's a team that has Paul George and and you know and some solid defenders and have a system in place where um, you know and, and people don't give uh, Zubats credit for you know what he does and, and, and space eating and everything else. So for the Wizards to be a top five defense at this point in the season, thirteen games in for them, yeah, it's still early ish, but they're not going to drop down to twentieth. Like what you're seeing right now is is what they're going to what they're going to be. I think they end up being in the top ten somewhere, and that is a big difference between what they were a year ago. And, and what they are this year, so um, yeah. And again, they play some tough. They play some tough teams um, so far. They've had some tough offensive teams so far. Um, for me to believe that this could be something special with uh, with them defensively, are they going to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals? Probably not. <laughs> the East is tough, um, but. What they're going to do is if they continue to rack up victories and, like I said, end up in that top four in Eastern Conference, they're going to avoid a tough matchup in the first round. They're going to avoid having to go through the play-in tournament like they did last year. Um, and, and we all know you know, against the Sixers, it really was uh, easy for, for the Sixers to, to kind of get them out of there. They were over in a gentleman's sweep. So um, this team... Uh, is going to improve. I think it's a playoff team, and I think that they have potential to be a top four seed. They, they they could be to me. They look like what last year's Knicks looked like, like a team that gets into the playoffs uh, and, and and maybe um, you know gets bounced in the first round depending on the matchup. But 
uh, I think they could surprise people defensively, and, and that wasn't the case the last couple of years with uh, with Washington. And by the way, Thomas Bryant still hasn't played. Like he's coming off of a pretty bad injury, but like he was a very good player, um, yeah. effective player for them before he went down. And also, Rui Hachimura hasn't played, um, and hopefully everything's going on okay with him. Hopefully, he's back in the lineup soon. But he's shown a lot of promise um, over the last couple of years. So that they're still missing like two key pieces. Um, in addition to again, Bradley Beal. I can't always say it enough. Uh, Bradley Beal not being himself yet, and it's only going to be a matter of time until he he's back to doing his thing. But um. Shout out to Wes Unsell Jr. though. First time head coach doing this. Um, very impressive. Yeah. They put a system in place that I think the team's starting to believe in uh, as they rack up wins. And the one other thing I think what he, you know, some coaches don't really get credit for, and we need to give uh, Wes credit for this, is that team plays hard. Um, yeah. You know, Denny Advia had the quote about Montrez Harrell playing like a guy with a knife between his teeth. He said he's never played hard, you know, in, in leagues. And this is a guy that's played in Europe and, you know, with guys that are dying to get back to the NBA or just holding on to their spot in Europe. So there's some there's some real life uh, in the basketball, you know, sense killers out there. And he's saying this about Montrez Harrell. That holds a lot of weight. So um, that Wizards team, if they continue to play hard all season long, they're going to rack up victories. It's been a long time since they won 50 games, Scott. (laughs) It's been a long time since they won 50 games. Uh, They they, they could very well be closing in uh, on on 50 this year. And and by the way, they have a... um, you know, coming up, their schedule is middle of the pack. If you look at uh, toughest opponents left or strength of schedule, they're 14th ranked in strength of schedule. And I think that's heavily weighted because they have two games remaining against the Warriors, two games remaining against the uh, the Nuggets. Uh, but once they end Suns, once they get past that, I think, you know, it, it drops off big time. Mm-hmm. Drops off yeah, big time. I mean, it, yeah, they've been a good story so far this season. And it's it's they're another one of those teams, you know. It feels like every season there's a few teams that come out really hot. And they fall off really quickly. Like you, I'm optimistic about them. I think they're going to be good. How good kind of remains to be seen. But it's it's hard to see what they've done so far and not think that they're going to be at least competitive this season. Yeah, it's also hard to see what the Phoenix Suns have done so far and uh, not expect them to potentially get back to the NBA Finals. Nine straight wins at the time of uh, speaking right now. And they go home uh, to, to play Dallas on Wednesday uh, for back-to-back games. That's interesting. Um, two home games straight up against Dallas. Uh, and then they'll have the Nuggets uh, before they uh, go on a road trip again. Um, this is a Suns team that I think is flying under the radar once again. Um, you know, they, they have reeled off nine straight. They're 10 and three. I think if you asked people, because the, the way that they started, uh, they in their first four games, they were one and three. I think people kind of wrote them off and said, ah, this is a team that's, a, you know, going through the hangover, you know, maybe the championship hangover a little bit. They're not on national TV a ton. Um, you know, they don't get a ton of pub. Uh, but this is a team that's really, really good. And now with Aiton back in the lineup, they seem to have uh, found their stride, um, at least defensively. Offense could get better, but defensively, they're, they're getting back to where they were. Look, I, I think no one's talking about this team. It's just because that's kind of the way it goes. When you make a run, a deep run like they do, like no one's really talking about the Bucks right now who are struggling because we know what they're like at full strength. I think we have a pretty good sense of the Suns team at full strength. But what's interesting about them is, you know, Chris Paul is the leader of this team. Um, He's getting up there in age. But after what happened last season, the leap that DeAndre Ayton made in the playoffs, um, the leap that Devin Booker, I mean, basically every single year he improves. Um, Mikel Bridges has already proven himself to be one of the best 3 and D wings in the league. Like all these guys to just continue to improve for the next several years. 
Um, and each time one of them does improve, it's going to raise the ceiling of this team. And they just play really well together um, on both ends of the court. We know what we're going to get from them. Um, Chris Paul, again, he's, he's just a, a basketball savant. He's averaging a, a career low uh, 14.7 points per game. But he's leading the league with 10.2 assists, and he's also leading the league in steals with 2.6 steals per game. Like he, he's just he continues to just be absolutely unbelievable. Um, but I, I just think no one's talking about this team because it's like you know kind of wake me up in June, um, and we'll see what they're doing then. But uh, that's not to say we shouldn't be paying attention to them because they're, they're a super fun team. Um, they're so well coached. Monty Williams is one of the best coaches in the NBA, um, and I mean we we already talked about the Lakers and everything, but it. I'm kind of guilty of it too, kind of going into the season. I wasn't, you know, banging the drum that like the Suns are the team to beat in the West. Um, but based on what we've seen so far, based on the makeup of this team, as long as they can stay healthy, it's it's kind of hard to, to not pick them as as good as the Warriors have been. Um, it, it feels like the West is kind of theirs to lose. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a big uh, Phoenix backer right now. I, I think... I don't want to say that they're better than a year ago because that's that's really a tough statement to make um, because it's essentially the same team that came back. But I think they're more experienced than where they were last year. They know what they have to do in the regular season, and I think they understand now uh, in the postseason the level they have to get to. And I, I believe that they can get there. I, I, I believe they can get back to the finals and kind of prove everybody wrong. It'll be a great story in Phoenix if uh, and in the NBA as a whole if the Suns are able to go back to the finals and try to avenge their loss from a year ago because they were up. They were two wins away, Scott, from winning a championship. Yeah. And for, for us yeah, right? to not be talking about them, you know, a month and a half into the season while they're, you know, they've reeled off nine straight victories, that's tough. Like, it, it, this is a team that uh, I think still has a chip on their shoulder, and, and rightfully so. Um, and, you know, Chris Paul's, I don't want to say his uh, his his time is running out at, at, at an elite level, but the window is definitely closing on him being, you know, one of the best point guards in the NBA. And he's sort of just handed over the keys to Booker and the young guys in Phoenix, and, and he can, you know, still turn it up when, when he's called upon in the postseason. So, I am uh, I am waiting to see what uh, what happens with the Phoenix Suns, but I, I do think that this team is good enough to get back to the finals. And this is another reason why I don't think the Lakers can, because the Phoenixes of the world will be standing in their way. So we'll see that. Uh, all right, let's empty the mo- notebook before we get out of here, Scott. What do you uh, what do you what do you got on your mind uh, that you think the people should know? I mean, look, we should start here. We haven't said his name, I don't think, on the podcast yet today. Demar Rosen. Um, is is playing incredible basketball right now. Like le- sure. leading the Bulls to back-to-back wins in LA against the Clippers and the Lakers, scoring over 30 points in both games. Um, it, it's just, it's nice to see kind of him get his flowers. Um, after the last couple of years in San Antonio, he, he really improved as a defender, uh, sorry, as a as like a playmaker, as a passer. Um, his scoring was down a little bit, but it just kind of felt like he fell under the radar. Um, he's always been a guy who advanced stats don't necessarily shine in the best light. But he, he's been incredible this season. The on-off numbers, um, our, our Kyle Irving kind of pointed them out in his his most recent MVP ladder. It's basically like a 20 points per 100 possession swing um, when he's on the court versus when he's on the bench. Like he, his impact on this team right now is undeniable. Um, and, and it's just been great to see. Uh, it, it's, it's been one of the good stories so far this season. You mentioned our Kyle Irving. I'm going to go right there with the rookies. Kate Cunningham is starting to figure it out, man. Like this is a mm-hmm. this is a dude that uh, awful talented. Kyle mentioned that uh, he would still kind of give him some some time there to get his his step back, um, so to speak, and uh, missing time with the ankle injury. 
you're starting to see him get healthy. Like and it's noticeable. Like he's he's able to drive more. He has that athleticism. He has it's not sneaky athleticism, but it's a good pace. He plays with a good pace. Like he can accelerate, slow down. He, he's just he, he's just a dude. And he, he dunked on. Uh, he had a nice dunk in Sacramento the other night. Um, he's shooting much better from the field. Like I said, over the last four games, Cade Cunningham is shooting forty six percent from the field, forty percent from three, uh, averaging sixteen five and four and a half uh assist and give him a steal and a half per game as well um he's getting there the game's slowing down for him and it's happening very quickly he's going to be back in the conversation for rookie of the year before all said and done so colin you're saying he's not a bust is that is that what you're nope, telling me not a bust uh jalen green on the other hand i'm getting ready i'm getting ready i'm tuning oh, up the ban on him i'm tuning up the ban on him but uh kate cunningham i'm buying a lot of kate cunningham stock right now yeah, me too. Um, well, one of the fun things that I like to do now is anytime the Knicks play, just go on the box score. Plus minus is not the best stat, but go on the on the box score and look at how their starters played versus their reserves. Um, and that tells you a lot about this team right now because their, their starting lineup is just getting obliterated right now. Mm. Yeah, it, it hasn't uh, hasn't been good for our Knickerbockers in uh, in New York, uh, especially the the bench unit. And it's surprising because Derrick Rose is coming off the bench for them, and uh, he's had a pretty good start to the season anyway um a team that new york lost to last week uh, i was actually in the building for the charlotte hornets uh it was a great game new york got out to the early lead hornets chipped away and were able to come away with a victory and it was all because of mainly in my opinion one man miles bridges is having a season i know we've talked about him in the past on the show but we're going to talk about him again until he starts falling off the dude averaged 12.7 points per game a year ago he's taken a leap to 21.5 this season uh he's shooting 45 percent from the field uh th- his three-point shot has fallen off a little bit uh, last year he shot 40% from three uh, he, this year he's shooting about 34% from three but he is taking a lot more three-pointers a lot more difficult three-pointers he's kind of getting him off the bounce he's getting some fadeaway step backs you name it uh, he, he is bringing it yeah he's rebounding better uh, he, he's diming better he's averaging three and a half assists he's taking on the big moments in late game situations that's a problem for the Hornets I think um, down the line because I do believe that Gordon Hayward should be that guy to take over in those moments especially if you're paying him to be uh, a superstar even though we know he's not that but he should be playing at an all-star level I'm talking about Gordon Hayward for Miles Bridges to come in here and kind of take away Gordon Hayward's spot and for Gordon to kind of fade off into the background I I don't love that it reminds me of what happened to him in Boston I'm talking about Gordon Hayward like he he was brought in to be the dude there. Obviously, he gets hurt. No one can you know uh, we can't really say anything about that. That was a freak accident. But the emergence of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum kind of had Gordon Hayward shrink into the background a little bit. And I think that's happening to him in Charlotte. Like they brought him in, they needed a guy, so they went out and paid a guy in Gordon Hayward. Lamelo becomes a, a you know a you know potential star. Miles Bridges all of a sudden the following season is, you know, uh, an all-star at this point playing at an all-star level. And we still haven't seen Gordon kind of be him like Gordon at his best could be an all-star. If those three guys get it going or if Gordon could figure out a way to how to contribute without taking away from the other two, the Hornets would be a really good team. But they're, they're just kind of hitting this plateau because it feels like. Uh, not necessarily your turn, my turn, but we're waiting for a third consistent player to be there on a nightly basis, and that needs to be Gordon Hayward, and he's not that right now. And like I said, that same thing happened to him in Boston, and that's the reason why he's no longer there. So um, I, I, 
shout out to Miles Bridges. He's just balling right now. Most improved player right now for me. Yeah, he probably is. Um, also, Terry Rozier, by the way, uh, he, he's got Stuck. off to a slow start this season because dealing with an ankle injury, I think it was. Looks like he's kind of starting to find his rhythm. But he, I think he he was one of the league's leading scorers in the clutch last season. Like, he was mm-hmm. big time with the game on the line. So he's another player they can kind of turn to in those situations. But um, when this Hornets team is firing on all cylinders, like, they are fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, LaMelo Ball, we know what he's capable of. But, like some of the dunks that Bridges throws down, some of the moves that he makes, like he, he's just, he's kind of, they're, they're turning into to must-watch TV. And a lot of people had them high on their kind of league pass rankings coming into the season. But, you know, even though they're kind of hovering around 500 um, after that hot start, they're still incredibly fun to watch um, when they've got it going. Sources tell me that the last two games uh, at Spectrum Center were sellouts. Uh, that was the game against the Knicks and the game against the Warriors. Um, can't remember in my three years here in Charlotte when the last time that happened. Uh, they go on a streak here selling out the uh, the old Spectrum Center. So, um, it's a good fun time. team to watch. Fun team to yeah. watch. Um, speaking of uh, teams that are fun to watch, I, I have no idea what to make of the Mavericks, to be perfectly honest, to start the season. Because I, I, if you asked me what their record was without looking at it, it would, wouldn't be what it is. Like, they've, they're winning far more games than I would have expected to. Luka doesn't even look like he's Luka yet. Um, I know he's still putting up basically a 25-point triple-double every night. That's just how good he is. But he still is not like the Luka that we know. Paul Zingas has been very up and down. Although he's had a couple good games lately, which is big for them. Um, we know what Tim Hardaway can do, but they're, they're just they've they've been a very weird team to start the season, and I, I don't really know what to make of them. Yeah, I, I was just about to come on here and uh, you know talk about Chris Stapp's Porzingis because uh, a week ago I was getting ready to crush him, um, but the last three games he's been much better. And you're right, it's weird that you know they, they fall in, this, in that same category where you're you're not sure uh, where the Suns kind of fall in. Like they're they're playing good basketball and no one's talking about them. Um, if you looked at the standings, you'd be like, oh, they're they're up there. I can't believe it. But over the last three games, Chris Dashporzingis is averaging 27.7 points per game, 10 rebounds, uh, a block and a half, shooting 50% from three on six attempts, and uh, 52% from the field. This is the Porzingis that they traded for. And you mentioned that Luka's not really playing at the high level. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, by his standards, of course. Right. Uh, anyone would take the 25, uh, you know, eight and eight. But. It helps when Porzingis can step up the way he has been. Like if Porzingis can play, I'm not expecting him to, to be at the 27 points per game level. But if you give him 20 and eight consistently, and you show up and you can stay on the floor, I think this Dallas Mavericks team could be a little bit more dangerous than people are uh, are initially thinking. Agreed. Um, I agree on that. My my last one here. Um, I- just Nikola Jokic is incredible. Uh, it, yeah. it feel, you know, Steph Curry and KD are probably the front runners, the two of them in MVP right now. It's hard to say anyone else deserves over Jokic at three, I feel like. Um, and all the advanced numbers scream that like he's the best player in the league. And the fact that he's, you know, carving up basically anyone, like he, he took it at Rudy Gobert this year, Bam Adebayo, a Heat team that's one of the best defensive teams in the league. Like no one can stop him. And he's doing this on a team that, you know, their second best player in Jamal Murray is not playing. Michael Porter Jr. was, quite frank, terrible to start the season. Now he's dealing with a back injury. He's out indefinitely. And yet this team has still been competitive and it's basically all because of him. Because if you look at the numbers, they again, like Curry, they just fall off a cliff offensively when he's on the bench. Their second unit hasn't been able to kind of give them much at all to start the season. 
Jokic is just absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, we're talking about last season's MVP, but he's certainly in the conversation again. It looks like he's leveling up. Um, and you know me. I, I might be uh, Jokic's biggest fan, so... Yeah, he's uh, he is playing better basketball as of late. Uh, my last one as well is going to go to Boston's Jason Tatum. Um, he could not hit a shot to start the start the season, Scott, uh, but he's slowly, slowly finding his legs and, and finding his touch. He's still not shooting uh, uh, at a great clip. He's still under forty percent for the year, uh, under thirty-two percent uh, from three. But yes. the Celtics are figuring it out. Uh, I think it's going to take them a little bit more time than initially anticipated. Uh, they do need to make a trade. Uh, I think this roster is not. I mean, well, when I say that, I mean if they plan on competing for a championship this year, they should probably think about tinkering with the tinkering w- with this roster because it's not a championship roster. But um, you know, the, the minute that Jalen Brown can get back uh, into the lineup, and if Tatum can continue finding his legs again, uh, I think. I think. I think the Celtics will be uh, will be back in business. They're an interesting team. Um, there's no doubt about that. I love Marcus Smart. He's been huge for them defensively this year. Again, talk about on-off numbers. They're a different team when he's on um, on the court defensively. That's not a huge surprise. But yeah, it, it's it's been weird. I mean, Jalen Brown was a little up and down before he went out um, with his injury. He's obviously had some some big time games. Jason Tatum's gone off to a slow start. But you'd like to think. I mean. There are a few duos um, in the league that are, have as much kind of a, I guess, you know, scoring punch as much as they do. They're both incredibly young. They still have a lot of room to improve. Like this team should be good. This team should be competitive. And uh, we'll we'll see kind of what they do with their roster and how they position themselves. But yeah, you you think it's only a matter of time until Tatum is not shooting <laughs> um, under forty percent from the field and and whatever it is from three. So yeah, he'll get there. Yeah, under thirty two percent from uh, from three point range. He he will get there. Uh, we'll, we'll give him some time. By the way, on the other side, uh, Jalen Brown was electric. I mean, he was he was forty nine percent from the field, thirty nine percent from three before he left. So um, much better shooting splits for for Jalen Brown than Jason Tatum. If Tatum could get there, I think the Celtics team will will figure things out eventually. Yeah, they just didn't seem like they could get on the same page. Like, it felt like anytime Tatum had a good game, Jalen Brown didn't. Anytime Jalen Brown had a good game, Tatum didn't have a good game. Like, it, again, it, it, you just got to be patient. They got a, new, a first-time head coach there. Um, they, they're, they're changing things. Al Horford has returned to this team. They've got a relatively new roster with Dennis Schroeder. It's going to take time. Um, but as long as you have your two best guys, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you're probably going to be okay. You hear that, Celtics fans? Just calm down. Give it some time. You'll figure it out. I, I think you'll, you guys will just be fine. Um, for that man over there, Scott Rafferty, I'm Carlin Gay. Reminder, if you missed any part of the show, you can find it wherever you get your podcast, NBA Sound System. Uh, and, and again, if you uh, have the time, please take the time out and uh, give us a rating and review. Greatly appreciated. It helps us get out to more people uh, if you spend five minutes in uh, rate and review. Five stars only, right? Five stars only, right, only. Scott? Yeah, it's the only thing you can do. (laughs) We will see you next week right here across the NBA Global Networks for the live show at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Enjoy the week. A lot of fun NBA action coming up. I can't wait to trash the Lakers a little bit more next week. See you guys later. I know you can't. (laughs) 